Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good afternoon, everybody. How are we doing? Well, it's afternoon for me. It's only... 6.30, and for you people on the East Coast, it's, uh, what, 9.30? Something like that. Anyway, welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, based out of sunny, very sunny, right now, Sacramento, California. It's uh, 102 right now. Hot, hot, hot. Anyway, uh, I'm the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team, and we are 45 strong up and down the state of California. Uh, that, that helps us get to you. If you have a paranormal need, uh, you know, we have somebody practically every, uh, every county that can get to you. And if not, there are two or three counties over, they can, they can get you right away. So contact me via CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com, CaliforniaHauntsRadio.org, or you can get me on Facebook. I have a public profile. I also have some, several California Haunts pages and California Haunts Ghostly Events page. So you can get me there. Anyhow. I want to make an announcement on the twenty, the twenty-fourth Saturday. My calendar. It's been one of those days. It's hot. It's one of those days. My AC is not working in my house. It's the only place I have AC. Saturday, the twenty-third. I'm going to be teaching a psychic development class, level one, for basic psychic development. So if you think you might have psychic, well, everybody's born with psychic abilities, and if you feel, feel like you want to try and draw them out, this is the class to take. So check us out at CaliforniaHauntsMeetup.com. Check that out, okay? That's going to be Saturday the 23rd at 7 p.m. Pacific. Okay, anyway, we have a great show set up for you tonight, and uh, Cynthia Sue Larson is with us, and we're going to learn about uh, reality shifts and how we can make our lives better. And we're also going to talk about auras tonight. Auras are cool. Auras are definitely cool. So without further ado, let me bring my guest in. Hello. Hello, and good evening. Okay. <laughs> you hear me? How are you? Oh, doing great. I'm cooling down. I forgot. I didn't realize how hot it was, and I stayed out there all afternoon and came in here about an hour ago, and I'm, I'm still dying. Uh, I grew up in the Sacramento area, Car Carmichael, really close. So, hot, yes. <laughs> well, a lot of my issue, too, is I had a big maple tree in my backyard that kept the back of the house cool, and oh. it fell like a year and a half ago. Oh, and no. now I'm noticing how cool it kept the house because, oof, I'll tell you. Trees make a big difference. A yeah, positive yeah. difference. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, introduce yourself. You know, tell us sure. everybody about you so we can okay. here. Yeah. Well, I'm an author of several books. And uh, the ones that you mentioned, the subject matter involves reality shifts. So I've got a book called Reality Shifts, one called Quantum Jumps, one called Aura Advantage. And I've got a website, realityshifters.com. So I'm a life coach. I've been collecting firsthand reports of reality shifts and what now is known as the Mandela effect for over 20 years and um, documenting them, taking reports from around the world before there was anything like a blog back in 1999. That's when I started. And all of those reports are still on the website, archived, realityshifters.com. So it's, it's a great source of information. And then I do a monthly newsletter there too. My background and training actually is from science. I studied physics at UC Berkeley and 
went on to get a master's degree in, in um, business administration, so MBA degree, specializing in information systems, so working with computer systems. But after all of that, um, I got a doctor in divinity more recently and really got more involved with consciousness and working with foundations of mind where I've helped organize conferences and also more, most recently, International Mandela Effect Conference. And we do monthly events right now online. So we talk to scientists and all kinds of people, dowsers, you name it, anything even remotely involved with consciousness, the Mandela Effect, trying to pull it all together, looking at uh, scientific reasons for what's going on. And when you talk about the Mandela Effect, can you explain that for people that wouldn't know what it is? Okay, it's become popular um, since it was really taking off, I think around 2009. Art Bell actually was, I think he deserves credit. Let's give kudos to a late night talk show host. <laughs> He's incredible, really great. And he'd gotten lots of phone calls and faxes um, about Nelson Mandela being somehow alive again, but people were shocked to see he was alive because they remembered from back in the eighties that he had passed away while he was incarcerated on Robbins Island. And then it, the, the, the whole term Mandela effect got um, credited to Fiona Broom. And I think it's because she was probably listening to Coast to Coast or something. I don't know. So I, I tend to give credit to Art Bell because he's the first one that really mentioned it and uh, was really talking about it. And I I've, was lucky enough to be interviewed by Art Bell, too, talking about this topic. Uh, it was not a topic that I called Mandela effect. What... It started with Nelson Mandela being alive again. But when I wrote my book, Reality Shifts, I was mentioning actor Larry Hagman being alive again. We don't call it the Hagman effect. And it's fine with me that we don't. Um, because it's not really limited to any one personality. Uh, it might be, it doesn't have to be someone famous. It could be someone that you know, and you're surprised to see they're alive again. Um, in some cases, reports through the website, Reality Shifters, have come in where a parent, um, someone's parents' friend passed away and they heard about it and like, oh my gosh, they're dead. That's terrible. And the, the funeral services and all the intricate details involving, you know, stuff that you wouldn't be making it up. Mm -hmm. And then later you see this person alive again and you're thinking, but wait a minute, <laughs> didn't they die? And then their parents looked at them like, what are you talking about? It's, my friends never died. And it's just so weird when that kind of thing happens. So it's not just people being alive again, though, although that's kind of creepy and cool. But it's also um, it's also involving things appearing, disappearing, transforming, transporting, and strange anomalies with time. So all these things can and do happen, and there's pretty much no limit to what can move, what can change. Like our position in the Milky Way and in the universe seems to have changed, um, and that organs in our body seem to have changed. So when you start thinking about what's possible to change, everything. You know, geography, um, continents look like they're in slightly different places. And it's the kind of thing that each person doesn't necessarily need to agree with you for it to still be in effect. It has to do with our subjective observations of reality. Well, I've been hearing stories on, on YouTube and on TikTok about that machine they powered up. The oh, yes. They powered up and that some people are supposedly already feeling the effects from that. And then one woman compared it to the Mandela, the, the Mandela effect. Have you felt anything from that at all? Or, or do you think that's affecting people? 
Well, it's possible that the energy alone might have a small effect, just like celestial bodies have effects on our bodies as well. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it's all these things can um, definitely contribute to what we notice. But I haven't yet noticed any large influx of reality shifts along the lines that people might be expecting to see once the Large Hadron Collider has powered up and so forth. <laughs> um, so I wasn't, I, I'm just keeping an open mind and I'm interested to see what happens. I haven't noticed anything yet. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I mean, weird stuff's always happening, but I haven't noticed it much, much weirder. Yeah, I haven't either. I mean, that's because if I'm seeing things, you know, where uh, people are seeing dark shadows and stuff like that, and I, I haven't noticed anything, you know, because they're supposed to be the, the more sensitive people would get even more sensitive and all this was supposed to happen. and I haven't seen anything well, like that. well, sometimes when people expect to be more sensitive, they get more sensitive. And if you're expecting to sense something, you do. Mm -hmm. so, and that can totally happen. So Absolutely. I wouldn't discredit anything. I just yeah. personally haven't noticed anything. Absolutely. Now, when we talk about being able to shift your reality, how does that work? Or how, how did you figure all that out? Well, it was a topic that um, kind of came to me. It's, it's, it's like these things do probably for you, too. <laughs> It's not like you went out seeking it. I was fascinated with consciousness. I did want to know the nature of reality. So I, I know those things matter. So it's kind of like the way you are from a childhood on and things that interest you. And that definitely interested me. But then what started happening was I was witnessing um, strange things. Like I'd go on a walk with my friends by the Berkeley Marina. And there was a sundial sculpture that just sort of popped into existence. But it looked decades old. It looked it looked really old. There were chunks of it missing and it was kind of scruffed up. And it, it, there was even a plaque that said it was a gift from the, a sister city in Japan to the city of Berkeley. But my, I looked at my friends, I was telling them about reality shifts and I thought, well, this is so weird because I don't remember the sundial sculpture here. It's like, we're going to walk right into it. We have to walk around it. The thing's gigantic. Do you guys remember this at all? And they were, they were saying no. <laughs> but um, that was one of the first things where I just felt like, okay, this is a real phenomenon. I'm not, I'm not high on some substance or anything like that. I'm just witnessing these kinds of effects. And I think I, I checked around. This is, remember, this was in the 1990s. So there wasn't much in the way of, there was no social media like we know it now. Uh -huh. <clears throat> but I did check around with different um, discussion lists. They did have those. And there was a great deal of interest. People seemed like they were familiar with this phenomenon. But then if I talked to my neighbors about it, they would take like three giant steps backwards. <laughs> like, like well, we don't want to talk about that. The usual thing with paranormal stuff. So I think it was just treated like that sounds wacky. Um, but I would then I became more um, gentle in the way I'd approach people. And I just ask if they'd ever noticed that things went missing. Like you if you're in, especially if you're in a big hurry and you're feeling rushed because and I've noticed a big association between those things. And that's when often objects go missing, like your coat, keys, wallet, mm -hmm. anything important that you were just about to head out the door with. It's amazingly gone when you know exactly where you put those items. And that is a very common experience. And then, of course, socks going missing in the dryer and the laundry. But I was oh, noticing all kinds of things. Yeah, <laughs> that's a big one. Um. But I think about this, you know, when you talk about your experience in Berkeley, I had something similar happen to me in a car with a friend of mine, and I thought maybe I had been abducted by aliens. That's how I felt about it. Because I've been, it was, it was in the evening, 
and we were going down the free. It was this fairly. It was around maybe nine thirty, and we were going up down the down towards Elk Grove on the freeway, and all of a sudden there was like it looked like everything smeared, and then all of a sudden when it came clear, the freeways looked like they did back when I was a kid. Whoa. The overpasses all had like ivy growing on them, you know. Right, right. And then when you looked out, when I looked out the windows, and my friend looked out the windows, there were no city lights. Whoa. How and long did that last? Uh, yeah, we we count, we think about an hour because when we realized where we were, we, we ended up in Galt. We totally bypassed Elk Grove, ended up in Galt. Wow. So and how many people know. noticed it? Both you, both of you noticed it? Yeah, same? we both noticed it at the same time. Okay. So I don't know if we had been abducted or we went through some kind of time warp thing or a reality shift or what that was. But the way you're talking about your experience in Berkeley, it sounds similar. Right. This kind of That's a very interesting kind of a time warp. It does sound similar, and I've wondered about that myself. Um, did you have uh, – what I, what I do is I don't when – I, when I get these reports, I don't um, – tilt them one way or the other. Sure. I just want to know what the person, how did you feel? And did you notice anything else different? What were you thinking at the time? Those kind of just things. how weird it was. Because I even told her, I remember I remember telling her in the car mm -hmm. when I'm driving, I said, those things look like they did when I was a kid. Because, you know, back in the old days when they had hatchbacks. Yes. You know. Oh, did the cars look different too? Um, I didn't know. I was too busy focused on the bridges. Okay. And, you know, like back in the old days with hatchbacks, Mom and Dad would let you lay in the back of the hatchback, and you'd be yeah. looking up through the you know through the hatchback window. And I remember yeah. that as a kid looking up and seeing all the ivy on those on those bridges. Yeah. And so I told her, I said, "Oh my God, this looks like I did when I when I was a little kid." And then all of a sudden she says, "Look, there's no lights. There's no city lights." And I said, "You're right." Next thing we know, we're in Galt, and it's an hour later. Now, have you gone back to drive? Did you drive the same route again to see if it yeah. was just a weird section and yeah. it didn't it didn't look like that again? Never oh, okay. again. <laughs> Creepy stuff, man. Yeah, especially when it lasts an hour. And and I the other question I usually ask when people I do a back and forth e emailing with these reports. I, I I would want to know from you um, what you were thinking, what you were feeling right before before it happened. We were rushing and we were in a hurry. Okay. Yep. Because I just gotten off work and we were trying to get to the last movie of the night, the 10:30 movie, out at the Century in Elk Grove, and that's right. where we were heading. And I, and, I, and I was stressed out trying to get through the traffic and get through all that. Right. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. Yeah, that kind of intense energy, like like when you're rushing, that really ramps things up. I mean, that's where things will jump off shelves. Not only things go missing, but it, like that's why I wrote or advantage <laughs> getting into the energy fields because our energy fields are pretty pretty phenomenal yeah. it seems like we're capable of literally time jumping and and i have heard some reports of people it's not that common but where people feel like they've walked back in time or driven in your case back in time for like a whole hour and was there time missing because that would be more your yeah, classic there's, there's hour missing an that's hour was missing that's why we looked at each other and went oh my god we were abducted you know that's the most <laughs> So it felt, did it feel like that? Did you have other, um, not, no, it didn't feel no, like an objection. It was, just, it was just, you know. Um, no marks on the body, nothing like no that. No marks on the body or nothing. It's just, you know, we were just there. All of a sudden we were in gold. I said, look, we're in gold. How'd we get here? <laughs> <laughs> that is the car was still running. We're still driving, you know. <laughs> still driving. Like, it wasn't like the car was on the side of the road. We were still driving. 
Now that, that, that is one of the most commonly reported reality shifts that I've received over more than 20 years is people driving farther in less time than should be humanly possible. Yeah. Where like they know they've got a five hour drive ahead of them and they get there in two hours and they yeah. did not speed. And it's like, and they're just like, I don't understand this. <laughs> like, there's no way, how did this happen? And then they try to remember the drive and they can't, it's kind of like they started and then they remember like, and then they're it's just like they time jumped, you know? Yeah, it's a big blur. Mm-hmm. It's a big blur. Well, and you said they're in a meditative state. Something happened at my house today with my friend who came over. She was real stressed out. She's had some personal stuff going on. Uh, you know, we're all still wearing masks. And so she had her mask on and leaned over. The mask popped off. Uh, and she's looking for it. She couldn't find the mask. Gone. <laughs> it's no mask. Fun. That happened today? Yeah, this afternoon. Right in front of you. Like you mm-hmm. both saw it. Yeah. We were both looking for it. And it's not like super, super elastic bands or something where it went boing. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and she looked under everything, moved stuff around. You know, she, she knew where it landed. She knew exactly what direction it went, but it wasn't there. And it wasn't like a room full, crowded full of masks or something where it blended in. <laughs> no. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, that's the classic. Think about all this stuff now. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Well, that is a classic reality shift where something just vanishes. I've got stories like that in my book, Reality Shifts, mm-hmm. when consciousness changes the physical world, like just some, dropping something and it never hits anywhere. Like, right. it's like, okay, it's gone, gone, <laughs> like gone. Yeah, it's really strange. Or I had a, I've got photos, um, reenactment, because I can't get real photos to show, but I did a reenactment of a bird feeder that was like really empty and then really full. And it's just like, how did that happen? Like, it, nobody refilled it. It would be me, but that didn't happen. And no, car doors are unlocking. It's interesting. I mean, it's interesting because the closer I've got to this interview, I don't know it's because I've been reading up on you, but I've noticed stuff right here at the house. And, like, I had a, uh, a mop bucket that was sitting in my kitchen, and it was half full. And it was there about a week, you know, because I was in between doing stuff in the rooms. Walk in there the other night, it's empty. And you don't have pets or any that would knock it over or drink out of no, it? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> so it's just creepy stuff like that happening. It's just weird stuff. Yeah, weird that's, stuff. those are classic reality shifts. Classic. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not attributing them to anything. Um, right. I'm actually kind of a, a mystic. So I, I'm actually a big believer and an experiencer of all sorts of other phenomena. I don't, sure. I don't tend to write about it, but I actually have had ghost experiences, um, UFO experiences. So I don't poo poo any of that to me. It's like, well, that's all quite possible. So when people write to me and they attribute, they say, well, I think my grandmother brought this ring back. It just showed up out of nowhere. I'm like, yeah, okay. You feel like it's your grandmother. Other people feel like they're under a car and like they're a mechanic. They're working and they can't reach it to them. They should have had it closer, but it isn't. And it's like it's suddenly under their hand, exactly. And, and they just figure, I have elves. You know, I'm in the garage, yeah, right. garage elves. So it's interesting that people have their own interpretations. And who, who's to say? I don't know. When you, like you said, you talked to scientists about this. What, what, what does the scientific community think about it? Uh, <laughs> I've had some interesting conversations, and even with people that understand the paranormal. So um, one of them said something I can't say. It's like a four-letter word that's not four letters, but... It has to do with both lines. <laughs> he just basically swore. Like, yeah, it was an interesting reaction. Because the other physicist friend was asked, was just pushing me on, like, tell him, tell him. 
tell him how often you experience these things. And I'm like, well, I see something pretty weird pretty much every day. And that's when I got that famous retort, <laughs> which cracks me up. I don't take it personally because I can understand. Um, but but actually, if, if that person had hung out with me like every day, that would totally start changing his mind for sure. And, and he did actually see something weird. And I was sitting right next to him and uh, there was a speak. Another physicist was talking and going on about a coin flip and how it's a 50 percent chance. And I turned to my friend, the one that did that swear word. I like him very much, actually. Good friend. And I said, well, this is not random at all. You know, I know what that's going to be. And he said, what is it going to be? And I just I told him what it was. It's like this is like totally not random. But I didn't want to interrupt the talk. So I wasn't making a big scene. It's just funny. And then after that happened and he was like, OK, tell me more about this. Like, let's do the, Let's do a whole experiment. And I had to explain it doesn't work that way. It, you, I'll burn out. You know, I, it only happens when I need to know. And if I don't need to know, I won't know. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Even with the ghost hunting, I find, you know, you got your skeptics. And no matter what happens, and I think, I think it's their mindset. You know, it's like if you'd open your mind a little bit and look and really yeah. come and watch to witness this stuff, you'd see stuff. But, I mean, even if, like, like I had one person on my team who, even though she got you know she got slapped in the face by something unseen, she still went, oh maybe it was a bug. And you could just see the handprint. And it's like, <laughs> That's what do you, what more do you need? Wow. You know, but there's going to be those people around no matter what. You're going to get those people that just don't want to believe no matter no matter That's what. True. And that's it you just got well, you know water on the back as they say water under the bridge get a better well, team member though that yeah you know. yeah <laughs> i mean i have bunkers on my team you know it's a balance to have them and and you know and that's what they're there for but i mean you know when you get someone that absolutely refuses no matter what they see or what they witness i'd rather have a skeptic who's skeptical even of their own skepticism you know and mm -hmm. I, I mentioned that in my book reality shifts because that's important Otherwise, when you get, start going into cynicism, then it's too much of a um, strong belief that's it's a real damper effect. <laughs> you know, that, right. so that, that open-mindedness is essential. Now, are there ways to put this reality shift stuff to work for us? So that oh, we absolutely. Do it, like, like I said in the intro, to, to use it to, to make our lives more positive. Yeah. If the only thing people get out of this is just my favorite question, then they've, it's a big win. My favorite question is how good can it get? And you might think, well, who cares? Well, what I've noticed from more than 20 years of tracking these reality shifts and the reason I ask people, what were you thinking about? How are you feeling right before whatever it was happened? Mm -hmm. That is interesting because that's showing very clearly and conclusively to me it, with thousands of these reports over more than 20 years that when people are focused on something, in, in kind of a daydream state of mind, very high energy, and then thinking and even asking in any situation, no matter how, people might say, well, Cynthia, this is not a good situation. Perfect. Ask how good can it get? But Cynthia, that'll sound sarcastic. Okay. You know, just give it a try anyway. You know, just do the best you can to really care. Like you want to find out, like you need to know, like this situation sucks. So how good can it get? And it's not, don't be sarcastic about it. Just really mean it. Like, I need to know. And really feel it. The more you feel it, the more you need to know, the more you will. So, and, and what can it turn around? Everything. Literally everything. You know, from, and I mean impossible situations where it looks like you're going to be hit by an oncoming car. You know, people, um, that's, believe it or not, a rather frequent occurrence where people 
don't have anywhere to ev take evasive action. They can't stop. They can't turn around. It's, it's imminent. There was no avoiding it. And it's like an oncoming 18-wheeler is a common occurrence. And there's just nothing they can do. They're going to be like a splattered bug right on the windshield, you know, except the whole car. And the next thing they know, the two vehicles have gone past each other, which is physically impossible. Physically impossible. There's no way. And that 18-wheeler is behind them. It's like they, they teleported through each other. Or there was some kind of weird time jump. It's the kind of thing quantum particles definitely do. The kind of thing physical objects aren't supposed to do. But occasionally, they do. You know, when we talk about emotions playing into this, it reminds me of poltergeist activity. Yes. Because we, um, you know, I've done cases where people have been arguing before they went to bed at night and didn't resolve it. And then while they're asleep that night, the walls are banging and their doors are slamming and all this is going on because they did not resolve it and then they're angry. This is what this reminds me of, a lot of. And those aren't just teenagers because I, I know I've heard, like I, I was reading um, Michael Talbot's book, <laughs> Holographic Universe, and he talks about his childhood. He was like a poltergeist central. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But these yeah, are like that's... a married couple, an older married couple. It was just, I think because the mind has the mind can project more than we think it can project absolutely and when i was going through my kundalini awakening it was like a horror show and i, I don't usually write about the terroristic aspects of the reality shift experience but since i'm on your program why not <laughs> yeah so i was going through a kundalini awakening and i never would have scheduled myself to give a talk in front of hundreds of people it had been planned for months the kundalini experience had just come on suddenly unexpectedly i'm in the thick of it and what that felt like was just all my energy centers were just roaring with energy and there was massive epic weirdness happening around me and i was feeling okay that particular day there was every day was a new adventure and i was not running the show <laughs> kind of, maybe it was my higher self i don't know but that day's program was um kind of like you're not it's kind of like your ego is not in your body so you'll be giving a talk, but it's not, it, you feel like totally like a puppet or something. It was a weird feeling. I felt like who I was, um, was much bigger than me. If it was embodied, it would feel like, kind of like three nine-dimensional dragons. It was a trick, and I was not on drugs at all, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing sounds like, what? <laughs> okay, so that's the I, setup. And the I kind of have enough of these things that, you know, that, you know <laughs> it's all good, you know. Yeah. I've seen well, now, yeah, now almost 20 years. <laughs> good, know. You know? But there was some weird stuff that night because as the closer it got, I'm trying to get ready and I'm like, I can't do this. You know, I've got my notes. I hope I can read them. This is going to be so awful. I can't believe this is happening. You know, it's like, okay, I'll just sort of make my way through it. And as I started freaking out, running Kundalini energy, oh my goodness. So rocks and sticks were hitting the windows in like any room I was in. And sometimes in adjacent rooms, my husband was like, what's going on? And like, I don't know. And he said, there's no wind. I'm like, yeah. And then he went to investigate and there's nobody throwing them, right? <laughs> and then my daughter had something rippling under her skin. And she said, mom, my face feels weird. I mean, it was epically, I mean, it was weird. And then I realized I better calm down because I think I'm doing this. <laughs> so I think it's me because there's so much energy running and I'm, I can't, I can't afford to freak out. And Right. So I had to learn to stay super, super grounded, running that much energy. To, and it went great, mysteriously. To yeah. switch this for positivity is kind of like, you know, because I know with dreaming right. that you could pre-program yourself to have pleasant dreams. Yes. 
does this work similarly to that? Yeah, kind of. It's it's like um, the way I think of it in my book, Reality Shifts, I talk about dimensional consciousness. And there's a causal level of consciousness, like ninth dimensional, and it's covered by Ken Wilbur, actually. I didn't realize at the time it was perfect match. But when you get this information directly, then it often completely matches other sources, and it does. So there's a causal level of awareness where anything you think, when, you, when you're operating at that level, and I think of it like playing a piano, so there's no better or worse dimensional thinking or being. We operate on all these ranges, just like we have, uh, you know, sort of a, a brain consciousness with neurons in our brain. We have a heart consciousness with neurons in our heart. And we've got gut consciousness. So we definitely, we're like a snowman, you know, with our head, our heart, and our gut. And then when you start noticing that you've got these layers of dimensional consciousness, then you can bring that in and you can totally, as you said, program things. But I don't tend to use that approach of going after what I think I want because okay. I take a spiritual approach, um, recognizing like I learned in my Kundalini awakening that night I gave that talk and it turned out fine. Mm -hmm. I realized um, that I'm being guided by my higher self. And I felt, I just felt like this little monkey mind thing isn't even there. I don't have my monkey mind. What's going on? Like, oh, I have to depend on the super high level stuff. Great. <laughs> but it's totally once, um, you know, if you, if you, even if you don't have a Kundalini awakening, we all have access to higher levels of consciousness. And there's this amazing collaboration going on. So if you ask how good can it get and you adopt a positive attitude and you're not being selfish or trying to claw your way to the top and destroy people on the way up, because that doesn't really go anywhere. It's much better to be kind and to be helpful. And you know all the stuff you hear about if you go to any kind of spiritual school or training. And so with a spiritual approach, there's an awareness that you just show up and do your little part and you will be supported by something much greater than who you think you are. And part of it is you. And then part of it's even greater. And, and then you get up to the upper levels and we're very connected. We're very collaborative. You know, there's a lot going on that's cooperative, and we don't often see much of that. Um, to get somebody trained to do this, is there any special training that, that they have to, uh, you know, undergo to be able to do this? Well, like you're experiencing, reading about it can really start opening the door because then you start thinking about it, and just being open to the experience is kind of step one. Um, some people don't want it; they're like, "Not for me." Like, okay, well, you're not ready. That's fine. You might not see much of it, <laughs> but if you're open to it, then the invitation is there. And then I've got exercises in all of my books describing things you can do to, in a very practical, positive way, bring on really great kinds of reality shifts that you can start um, kind of experimenting with and playing with a little bit. And they can be very positive. That's why I like to always add in that special sauce that how good can it get? So that even if you accidentally ask something just for yourself, which isn't the, the worst thing in the world, but sometimes there can be a little uh, repercussion that you didn't factor in. <laughs> but if you add it in, how good can it get? It's probably going to be okay. So even if you did inadvertently do something greedy or selfish or rude, you can it'll get fixed somehow. Just because you put in, how good can it get? Okay. What about meditation? Meditation tends to ramp up the energy that we feel. It can also provide grounding. Um, and both of those are extremely helpful for reality shifting. And some people um, 
most people can benefit from meditation. There are a few that might want to be cautious about what kind of meditation or, you know, maybe not do too much meditation. So uh, I like to start people off if they're able to do empty mind or mind clearing meditations. That's a really good one because then it tends to uh, pr be protective as well. So some of the, I don't, I'm not going to give any word. I mean, you've seen stuff. I don't know what can go wrong, but um, I just like to bring it to the best way that it can work for people. Well, I know when I get back, like, oh, I'll get away from meditation and I'll try and get back in. And the first few sessions are hell because, I mean, my mind will focus for so long. And the next thing I know, I'm thinking, well, I got to go do this in the other room or something's going on in the other room. You know, so you have to train, really, really, really train yourself to shut all that out. You know, to be able to shut that out in, in your mind. So, you know, once you get to that point and you start working on this reality shift, what, what, what are some of the first things that people notice? Well, some of the first things would be like the things I was mentioning, thing, objects that just seem to move around, like like what you described happened today, the mask, someone takes it off and then it's gone. And people listening might be like, well, that doesn't happen. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I, it's funny, weird stuff happens. So you want to just be um, aware that that's, that can happen. Um, the kind of stuff I see now, can I'm, I'm open to really wacky experiences and out there ones. Because I'm after more than 20 years of it, I'm pretty calm now. But some things even still surprise me. Um, how good can it get can help keep it so that it's just gently coming to your attention and you don't get one that would make you break into a cold sweat or freak out completely. <laughs> Unless you enjoy that kind of thing. Right. And how good can it get might be like, it was freaky. <laughs> good. <laughs> they like it. You know, but some people can't handle it. Like they might get palpitations in their heart or something. Like it's like too scary. So. Um, I know I've heard stories of psychics that are, are working on their abilities and how they will get the, you know, they'll be laying in bed and all of a sudden they'll rise out and it freaks them out, you know. And um, I'm just wondering if this, if this is a similar feeling when you know you're 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 focusing on doing this and then something lifts off the table and you're thinking, oh my God, what what, what did I just do, you know? I haven't seen too many things levitating, at least not yet. Um, a lot of uh, Oh, apportations were things that I'm thinking of are missing. They show up like a jug of milk in the fridge. That's a big one. Um, uh, my daughter's missing tooth that she lost at school like eight hours earlier in the day. She's sound asleep. It's late at night. I'm writing a note about it on my dresser and it lands on the note I'm writing out of thin air. Um, stuff like that. Um, but I get good ones too, like money in my bank account, money in my wallet. Um, like I'll shut the wallet. I need money to give a tip to a waitress and I'll ask my daughters, you know, should I, should I check again? You know, we just need like, it'd be nice to get a few more dollars here. And my daughters were little girls. And they said, yeah, check again. That great attitude, good energy. So I'd open the wallet and there's another dollar, single dollar bill, pull it out. Like that's another one, put it on the table, shut it again. Should I check again? Yeah. <laughs> so much fun. So you can have fun with these things and this, keeping that positive energy, the meditation can help with that. So training yourself not to get worried, um, really learning how to listen to any tension in your body and clear it, um, hopefully break free of patterns of tending toward getting too angry or fearful or sad. You know, you want to start mastering a level of calmness and mm -hmm. open-mindedness, being energized and relaxed. So those are like optimal conditions. 
And as you've noticed, um, kind of being in a hurry can really ramp things up because it really focuses a lot more energy in one's place and time. And it seems like, I mean, that, that right there could be enough. If you have a lot of energy for meditating, which it sounds like you do, um, that was a remarkable experience you had. I don't know what that was, I mean, what to attribute it to. And if you're thinking aliens, maybe so. I mean, especially if you have dreams about them or you felt like I got more information or I feel like there's a real connection here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know, really. Uh, but I just remember we looked at each other, you know, looking at each other and just going, I think we've been abducted, you know. Yeah. Who knows? You know. So, you know, to manifest this stuff, I mean, when you get somebody, let's talk about, you don't have to give names on clients. If you get a client who really has a busy lifestyle, you know, and really hectic, really under a lot of stress, how do you get them to calm down enough to do this stuff? I'll meditate with them. And um, there's a field effect when there are two people, even on a Zoom session. So I can just help them slow their breathing down and then I can run energy with them and they can start experiencing what it feels like to, you know, to be calm and energized at the same time. Sometimes that makes it easier. It makes it possible to kind of learn how to do it um, when you're with someone who does that, especially if you didn't grow up in a household where anyone was meditating or was calm and you've never really had that good example. It's extremely helpful. Well, yeah, because there are people that grow up in chaotic households, you know. Right. Um, my household, I wouldn't call it chaotic, but I mean, it wasn't the calmest place my father was from, from you know, he was born in 1926, so he was one of those fathers, you know, one of those mm, fathers. And, you know, so it was always, there was always some kind of chaos going on. You know, so I had to really learn to calm my energy up because I'm one of these people that would go to bed and the thoughts would just be you know through, through my head right and so it took me forever to learn how to meditate to, you know to, to get to a calm spot so I'm sure there's people out there still that are like that oh yes you know but I yeah. get this I get the concept that you're talking about I get that you can manifest you know change that reality I get it yes. because yeah. po positive you know positivity goes a long way yes and some people might not even know how to be positive, um, but it's possible to get there. It's just, it's a journey. And just keep asking how good can it get? And you, that's like how to get there one step at a time. That'll get there too. <laughs> even just something that simple. It might, it sounds ridiculously overly simple, but, but that's good. That means it's doable. <laughs> can you give me an example of somebody that, like I just described that that's really stressed out and, and then you're trying to help them get, you know, understand all this and get to that point yeah i'll, I'll listen to them because sometimes they just need um, a lot of times people need sort of a sounding board they need to be heard really mm -hmm. fully when i when i do client sessions i do a blind read beforehand so i i read their high self middle self low self and their divine gift without knowing anything about them that is an icebreaker but it's also a validation and it shows the person i see you at the core level of your being like inside of who you are and often, um, and then there's some amazing insights that come through. So it it has, it has serves a purpose of, um, well, I used to think it was just for me, because when I started doing this, I didn't know how to do spiritual life coaching. So that's like, I need some kind of uh, framework. And that made sense to me, like a good framework. But it turns out, of course, that as I would be crowing with delight and like surprise, like that's what I got in my meditation beforehand. Uh, then I realized, okay, just hit send and send the email before the session starts. So I'll do that. And that way, 
um, they, they sometimes read through it not knowing what it's for. It's really the messages are for me so I can see this is how you're feeling. I ask the questions, how did they feel? What do they need that I can best be of assistance with today? And what's their divine gift? That question of asking what someone's divine gift is gets to the core and the essence of their beingness. And if each of us did that every day and asked ourselves, how am I feeling? What do I need? Mm -hmm. That sorts it out. So I'm just providing that service. Um, and it really does help. I see it make a big difference. The first session with someone like that, um, they'll see a pronounced, uh, profound difference in how they're feeling. And then down the road, you know, if they do further sessions and it's up to them, there's no set schedule. I t I'd like people to learn to trust their intuition, to mm -hmm. you know, grow into that and whatever works. Uh, but remarkable changes are possible. My father always had this saying about um, you need to take time to smell, to stop and smell the roses. Yes. And I think a lot of what you're talking about is like that because everybody's always in such a rush. Like you say, when, when they get stressed, things start disappearing. I think your mind shuts down sometimes because there's so much stress going through it. So it's only, it's only programming so much, right. which is why stuff goes missing. You know, your, your, your whole reality changes. But if you slow down and you start looking at things, then you, you get a clearer picture of, of what's around you. Right. Now, these kind of dis missing items, uh, they, it seems like some people are prone to that, the missing item phenomenon. I've had people write to me and report like the things always go missing. In my case, you know, I'll get extra things like I'll find money or you know, a lot of good things come to me, even though I'm not specifically asking for it. But just that asking, how good can it get? It's like mm -hmm. like the red carpet's always being rolled out, <laughs> which is wonderful. But you're right. It's it's this is a journey for all of us, wherever you sure. are. And there's no such thing as a bad start. It's just. You know, maybe bumpy and challenging, but apparently we signed up for that, I guess. Hard to remember that part. <laughs> when we get in that other reality, look, you get into a negative reality, like like when you lose something. Yes. You know, why do you think it gets to the point where you can't see it, even though it's probably in plain view? Well, sometimes you can't feel it. You can't, it, not only do you not see it, but you can't feel it. It really is, as far as you're, you're concerned, gone. Mm -hmm. If anyone were to say, deliver this item, you can't because you can't see it, you can't feel it, you're checking and it's just not there. But um, what was your question? Sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes like, like I will lose things, you know, you know I'll, get, I'll get in those moods. But then a couple hours later, there it is. I mean, it's just, it's right there in front of me, you know, when I've, I've gone through the house like two or three times retracing my steps. Why is it that we get to that, that, that reality shifts to the point that we can't see these things? Um, I think the whole purpose of these kinds of reality shifts is just to get our attention, really to get us to look, pay attention. What do you think is happening? It's really, a, it's a question and it's kind of like showing you we're living in a participatory universe where... Mm -hmm. We think a question, we get an answer, and we get to live it. So it's not just something, it, as long as it's um, important to us and you really care about reality and about consciousness and what's going on. So you're going to experience these things. And then you'll get to sort out which ones are ghosts, which ones are UFOs and ETs, right, 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 right. which ones maybe your future self or a family, deceased family member. I don't know. Right. Or some psychokinetic thoughts from a friend. I mean, the, the, that you get a whole, or elves, and you start thinking, wow, there are a lot of possibilities here. 
And if we start talking to these beings and get more responses, like, like for example, I actually feel like I've got house elves. So it's, it's a running thing in our household. If something isn't working, there's some device on the fritz, then the question is, have you asked the elves for help? Because if you do that, boom, it's working like that fast. And so then I'd say, I think we do have elves <laughs> because they're like so fast. It's like, yeah, it's the elves. Okay. Whereas if I said, I think we get ghosts and nothing, nothing's happening, nothing changed. I mean, elves are finally in their participatory apparently, but you can start paying attention. Look and see what are you noticing. If someone, you know, because I've known people to use the term absent-minded. I mean, are, are, are people that are absent-minded able to take this technique that you have? I think it's entire... easier for people that are absent-minded because there's um, more open-mindedness. And mm -hmm. I think they're more routinely open to whatever might be. Um, it's almost like life is already a dream for them. And that's perfect because that matches the reality shifting state of mind that this is a lucid dream and you can wake up inside of it. And that means things can pop into reality. If you lost them, they can come back. And I recommend just getting into that detached yet entangled state of mind. So detached means just kind of letting it go. Things like, okay, so that item seems to be gone. I'll be okay. I miss it. It would be nice if it came back. I love it. Entangled with love, but detached kind of like, okay, <laughs> so that just happened. And it wasn't what I was expecting. I didn't think I wanted that. It's got my attention now. Um, what am I supposed to pay attention to? And who am I talking to? You, you can ask questions and you can start engaging in a conversation. This is all interesting to me. I find this fascinating because I, you know, I have put this to work in my own way through meditation. Yes. You know, that like with my health, when my health was getting really bad, yes. I started meditating and I was able to, 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 to bring my health back up to where it should be. I kind That's of, awesome. I got to get back to doing it again. But I, I noticed it worked that way. I have a yeah. friend who, uh, Jane's dancing hands, and she had been to a car accident. And suddenly she found she could uh, help people through her hands. And so she has sessions like this. Yes, it was really kind of cool. And so I started following her, you know, and, and, and I got better. And that was all, it's all, it's all about being positive, yes. you know, having that positive outlook. And I think you can, I agree with you 100%, I think you can change your reality by being, if, if you have that positive outlook. The more positive you are, the more good things will come. Because if people notice in life, if you're having a crappy day, <laughs> right, everything goes wrong. Right. No matter what you do, it's like everything you touch turns to crap, and it's in, until you change that 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 outlook that day, nothing's going to get better. Right. So you have to change that. Yes. Well, we have a choice. We don't have to, but it's it's good to be able to choose. <laughs> Some people they don't even know they're making that choice, and when they get cranky, that's where it's kind of. I'm not laughing at people because I've been there too. I know what it's like. I'm just right. laughing at the whole thing because I do know what it's like. I know what it's like. So I'm not saying like, oh, I'm above all that. No, I've been there. I've, I've been circling the drain <laughs> and asking like how much worse can things get? And then realizing, oh my God, I'm finding out. Like, I don't want to find out these things. Mm -hmm. Anything I'm asking and thinking, it's happening. So especially after Kundalini, it's, and it was kind of instant. So then like, okay, we can't even go there anymore. Those days are over. <laughs> 
but it's kind of good to change it even if you don't have a kundalini experience um, oh yeah it's, we're all powerful energy creators and we have phenomenal abilities to move into positive realities especially for healing that's such a good example mm -hmm, mm -hmm. regardless what doctors may say no matter how impossible things look <laughs> that includes like broken bones cancer you know you, i don't right. know what you went through but oh my gosh yes yeah um you know we said always think of what i always say is i lose something i'm like well look at the bright side i won't have to use that anymore i just get another one brand new no problem and then i find it later then i end up with two yeah but i'll find it later you know right right i mean there's only so much upset you can take i mean everybody gets in their moods no, nobody's perfect in this world we, we all you know we all get into those moods but if there's a way that you, you especially can help people to bring them out of, to, to teach them how to come out of those funks. Yes. It's wonderful. Yes. Most of my clients tend to be um, extremely sensitive psychics already. Uh, that seems like the ones that are most called to work with me for some reason. So that's interesting. But, and you can tune things up at any level too. And I know you do that too with people. And that's, such a, that's so good. You're reading me, and I know you are, so it's okay. It's fine. I'm good. I'm good with it. It's cool. Yeah. Um, uh, now, let me ask you about psychics, okay? Do you think that because psychics are more in tune with what's going on around them that, that they suffer from, from these effects more than others? Oh, definitely. Yeah, uh, there's a strong co connection with uh, this whole phenomenon, whether it's the Mandela effect or reality shifts. I've done studies that really show that um, with the the Myers-Briggs intuitive feelers or the empaths. Um, so basically anybody that's got this sort of a psychic empathic ability, um, they're a small percentage of the overall population. Like they're only like 24% of the population, but they're like 75% of the experiencers of all this phenomena. So that tells you something right there. Um, I think that's interesting. <laughs> I think it's very interesting. But we're all born with this ability. I mean, everybody's born with psychic abilities. And, you know, somewhere along the line, they get suppressed. Right. Now, with, with what you're doing, and, and like you say, a lot of the people you deal with are psychics. With what you're doing, are you able to, like the people that claim, oh, I don't have any ability, even though weird things happen to them, right? You know, there's always that group of people. Right. Are you able to draw that out and say, look, no, you have this ability. You just don't realize you have it? Yeah, I think so. Um but like I said, most of my clients, they're so sensitive that really weird stuff is happening to them. I mean, really weird. And they're so sensitive that it is happening. And But they can turn it around, too. And so they're expanding their skills. And sure. Sure. that's interesting, too. I think at all yeah. levels, people can, there's a lot to learn. We're all learning. I'm learning, too. If you're around someone that's negative, you know, their reality is negative, that reality they're living is negative, can that rub off on you? at all if it well it's like hanging out with pig pen you know in the charlie brown cartoon and he's got that cloud of dirt all around <laughs> so i was always like when i was a kid i thought wow that's a, how come the other kids aren't getting dirty because there's just so much dirt in the air and everything and they probably do but then they probably go home and then they wash their hands and throw all the clothes in the hamper and mom need to do laundry <laughs> so it's just like that. So you hang out with someone who's got that kind of dirty energy. If you want, if you're because you're there, I've I've, I've had conversations, spiritual conversations with God about this one. If I'm there, I can clear the room that I'm in when there's a pig pen at the post office line or what have you. It's like okay, I'm cleaning this place. So it's like it's a so it's clean while I'm there. 
And you can, like, if you want to, you can do that when you're with your friend or whoever. And there are lots of ways to do that, but um, it helps to do energy work first with yourself. And then you can start working with the group. And so I'm glad you said that because I'm like a little kid deep down. And I had this analogy in my head when you were talking about that, that uh, bad breath commercial. <laughs> you know, where the people talk and then you see this come out, you know, that's the negative yeah. energy. When you, when you have a bad day, that, that's how things happen. And everything turns to crap. Yeah. You know? And that and that and that that's how I kind of had it in my mind's eye. I'm just excited about what you do. I'm excited about this training that you give people because people need this, especially yes. now. There's just so much negativity out in the world. Right. You know, you know, prices are up on everything. You know, there's there's wars. There's a war going on. You got the you know the, the economy's not so hot. All this is going on, and people are under so much stress to perform. You know, and they make the money and do what they have to do. They need something to fall back on to just sit back and go, okay, I can turn this into a positive thing. I don't have to stress out. Exactly. Yeah, and this is, we've got these monthly um, live streams on YouTube, which are very positive. And that's something people can join. And if they like to chat in YouTube, then, we, you know, these things happen like, like last Wednesday of each month, pretty much. And starts at like 5 p.m. Eastern, um, which, wait a minute, 2 p.m. I'm in a time warp here. So it's 11, okay, <laughs> West Coast, 11 o'clock California time, that'd be two o'clock. And then it goes for a couple hours usually. And we sometimes have a special guest, like a scientist, and but it's all focused on what we call a golden timeline. We really are looking for this, how good can it get future for all of us? And we know that when we come together with that intention, we're creating it. And at the beginning of each show, we're finding um, Lazarus species. These are plants and animals that have come back from extinction and somehow like nobody noticed that this ginormous tortoise is not extinct. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, how is that possible? Or the coelacanth, these dinosaur fishes that are as big as human beings, like a whole school of these coelacanths, like really? And, you know, so we'll start the, each month with whatever's popped up and then sometimes beautifully colored animals. It just kind of gets you into that mood, that feeling like we are birthing this new world and it can go beautifully. And then it's not just me. There are four of us that are regulars. There's Christopher Anatra, the quantum businessman, and he has his own channel. And then there's um, Shane of Unbiased and On the Fence, the, that channel on YouTube. And then Jerry Hicks is our current president of IMEC, and he's also the father of it. He got it going to begin with and He's the Dark Wolf's Den radio show. And so four very different personalities, but united in one common goal. And the idea is together we go, together we grow. So it's the idea we're moving forward, we're moving into the golden age. It was prophesied by so many civilizations. And now you're, when you're in it, it doesn't look like the goal. It doesn't, it looks like a mess, you know? <laughs> First, everything falls apart. So kind of in the awkward phase. Well, I was thinking about this too, and this is what amazed me was during COVID, when we were all locked down, and they were showing pictures of different rivers, different skylines, and how clear the waters were. Yes. You know, because man had stopped dumping stuff, and you know, in in these areas, and I think that's what people need to look at. People need to look at the positives of it. You know, if, if you do certain things, everything's going to look really nice. If you do other things, it's not going to be so nice. Yes. And I think people, you know. That's, I think now that we've been through COVID, people are looking at things more and more like that. That is really positive. 
I, I went through long COVID during that time too. I came down with COVID, like I get, it must have been end of January 2020. But and then I, I got really sick through 2020, like everyone's in lockdown and I'm falling down and falling over and like 200 symptoms. But I got through it with that. I, I, I walk my talk. I, I, you know, people might think, oh, she's Pollyanna. I go through rough times. You know, that was pretty rough when, when I'm just falling down. I can't stop it. I had martial arts training. So when the walls are attacking, you know, I'm falling down. But I know how to block. So there was no I knew I'm safe. It's like it's like perfect. I, I'm, I can, I'm built to handle catastrophic <laughs> living where you're falling down all the time. No problem. Um, but it wasn't fun, but I did. But the cool thing is when you know that you can keep focusing on how good can it get, mm -hmm. you can come out of even something as dark as that. And it seems like a lot of people are going through long COVID mm -hmm. and, and there hasn't been enough focus on it yet, but there will be. And I think I went through that so I could be a front runner to go through it, come out fine, which was not easy, you know, but it's doable. And I've got a video on my YouTube channel about what I did. It, it, it's, it talks about what does China know that it's not saying? Because um, Shane from International Mandela Effect Conference, uh, he, he wanted to talk to me about that and then what I did to come out of long COVID. And it's interesting because they intersect. So that whole thing is fascinating. So wherever you are, it's not political. It's just, just sharing information. Sure, sure. Do you think you know, you know what, what the what the reality is doing, what they're doing? Because you got the collider thing going on right now. Do you right. think we're going to start seeing changes? Well, we're already seeing changes. Um, I think what's driving it more than the collider is um, it's just like how the planet is moving through the galaxy through the solar system. Uh, mm -hmm. We had Rory Duff, the geobiologist, on our show last month, and a geobiologist is engaged in the study of how life forms interact with these massive effects of celestial movements. And, and there's a huge effect um, that's happening right now where apparently all the ley lines on the planet are just, they're just expanding and they're springing forth. Big ones are showing up that were never there before. And it used to be just on the sol two solstices and two equinoxes, people could really feel these reality shifts these Mandela effects, that would be, that's when they tend to be their strongest. We've noticed it. I I'll give credit to Shane because he's really noticed it. He said spring and autumn, those two equinoxes are the times when people really notice the most activity when it comes to like the Mandela effect might be true for ghosts too. I don't know. Well, I was thinking that too, because a lot of the ghosts that we hunt are along wind lines. And so there might be an increase out there, you know, coming. I, mean, I know there's a lot of reports out there. I haven't been out in a while since COVID because I, uh, you know, because of, because of my health, I don't, I don't want to be out physically out any more than I have to. But I know that there's a lot of the teams out there are running into a lot of different stuff. It, you know, it, it's just, it's, um, it's building to a peak that's going to, it looks like Rory Duff was saying he's expecting December 2024. Um, like the that'll be the solstice. He says that the, um, at that point, the solstice will be year long. It'll be like every day feels like that much energy. At that point, those energy lines are going to be expanded to cover everything. And his theory is that there's an interior molten core of the Earth that's um, sort of oscillating, and the sound waves from that are um, creating this kind of a cymatics effect of the ley lines. And that the reason they're expanding is the way that we're moving through the solar system right now. And Interesting. Do you think the collider is going to increase that kind of activity? 
I think it's a small bit player in this bigger drama. I mean, there's a lot more. I, I, I know people want to look at that and say, it's the big thing. But yeah. I would say there are bigger forces. <laughs> and okay. this was happening anyway. So it's almost, to me, it looks like a scapegoat um, or like convenient. It's kind of like, look at that, the Large Hadron Collider. They're messing around with it. Therefore, all this is happening around us. Yeah. Even if, yeah, even if you unplugged it and stopped it, this is going to keep happening. No matter what. Yeah. I think it's because history does repeat itself. So I think we're we're going through a we're going back to where there's going to be a new beginning, and there's going to be people here, and there's also going to be animals here. Like the Native Americans predict that the animals will be taking over, and they will be talking, and all this is going on, and this is the Native American lore. So I mean, it, it's probably coming. We just don't realize it's coming. Yes, I think they're already talking. I've got a, my squirrel, my, not my squirrel, but there's a squirrel <laughs> on the property, and it brought me apples and i was so blown away by that like i was just watching it taking the little apples and burying them in the garden i thought that's so cool and i had to move and i, I was very slow and cautious i didn't want to startle it went into the house Aww. when i came back out the biggest perfect apple was sitting next at the bottom of the chair i'd been sitting in and the next day another one and so it's harvesting all the apples burying all the little ones and it brings me the biggest ones oh so the animals are in Incredible. The animals are incredible. And then there's a gopher that's like um, doing groundskeeping and um, fixing the clay hard pan soil here with the super drought in California. And it's just like fixing the soil. It's just, I know people would say it's making a mess. That's not what I'm noticing because I don't have to aerate anything. It's already done a perfect job. Okay, so the grass doesn't look perfect. Who cares? You know. <laughs> yeah, all the nice dark earth is up now. So it's all nice. So if you want to plant grass when you do have water, it's yeah, be nice. it'll be so nice. And, and the gopher, yeah, and the gopher knows I love for you. I know, and he knows that I care about him because he comes up and I swear I was feeling like I just want to get a good picture of you. And he pops up and he's like way high out of the hole, like left side, right side, straight on. I'm like, thank you. He's <laughs> <laughs> so cute. <laughs> That's great. So how can people find you? Okay, my website is realityshifters.com. And that's the best way, because if you sign up for the newsletter, then I don't spam people. They just get one email a month. And all the past issues are on the website, so you can see what that looks like. And the website also has links, so you can find me through, like, YouTube. And I'm on, I'm on lots of social media, Facebook. Yeah, you can come on my show anytime. Ah, this has been so much fun. It went so fast, Charlotte. Thank you. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot from you about this. And... Uh, yeah, if, yeah, I would love to have you back at some point to talk more about this and, you know, as, as things get more interesting down the line. I'd love to. Yeah, definitely. It's so, a date. <laughs> anyway, I want to thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, we'll have to do it again. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Have a good evening. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Oh, I got my button. Oh, there we go. All right. That was absolutely fascinating. Fascinating conversation. So you think positive, guys, you know? Uh, yeah. Anyway, tomorrow night, uh, we'll be back here at 6.30 p.m. Pacific. We're going to go with UFO Encounter. Preston Dennett's going to be with us with Dolly Safran. Dolly Safran, at the age of 14, was looking out her window. She lived out, she, she lived by the Everglades. I happened to be looking out her window when she saw a craft come down out of the sky. And she kind of stared at it and then noticed that there were beings coming out of the craft 
And at that point, she was abducted and started abductions that lasted her whole life. So she's going to be on to tell us about that tomorrow night. Okay? Again, I'm teaching a psychic development class on the 23rd at 7 p.m. Pacific. It's basic psychic development class to to open your mind a little bit because you know you, you think you think you might have ability. That's cool. Or you're born, everybody's born with ability. I might be able to open that up for you a little bit. So uh, if you're interested in that, check out the California Haunts Meetup and just type in California Haunts Paranormal Team Meetup, and that'll take you over there. Uh, if you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, share it with five of your enemies. We are equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. And if you're watching from Facebook, please um, please hit that follow button. If you're watching from Twitch, please hit that follow button. And if you're watching from YouTube, please subscribe. There's that little ghost down the bottom right-hand corner with the magnifying glass and the Sherlock Holmes hat on. Because uh, we, have, we have more than 250 videos over there, and they're all different topics. And I think there's something over there for everybody. Again, please do check out the class that I have available for Saturday the 23rd at 7 p.m. And I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. It's been an interesting night. And uh, one last thing, I'm going to try and manifest some money to help pay my bills here. So uh, <laughs> if, you, if you really like the show and you want to help us keep it going and keep everything on the air, please uh, donate to paypal.me at California Haunts or Venmo and then California Haunts. I would really appreciate it. I've got you know bills to pay like anybody else. And uh, this is what I do. And uh, I love bringing these shows to you guys. So any help you can give would be great. Anyway, thanks again for coming, and I'm going to go ahead and give you her information, how to, how to find her, and her books, and where to get them. Here we go. Webpage is realityshifters.com. Reality Shifts is the first book. And Aura is the second book, Aura Advantage. And High Energy Money is the third book. And of course, you can get those books at Amazon.com. Anyway, I want to thank you all for coming, and uh, I will see you tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. Pacific.